Fishing Radio. I'm Chip Gibson, and it's another Thursday night, and it's uh, thunderstorms in the vicinity. So if I get knocked out from a uh, lightning strike or whatever, then uh, the man with the golden voice will carry on. You might want to phrase that just a little differently. <laughs> Just a bit. Good evening. How are Just you, sir? A bit. Uh, living the dream every day in quasi sunny Florida. Yeah, quasi sunny Florida. I said the, the I said the F word quite a bit last week, so you guys got a lot of rain, huh? Yeah, yeah. I knew I could count on you. Yeah, so well, worked out, uh, worked out well. I'm getting emails on a daily basis now from drought-ridden countries. You know, from the leadership in <laughs> these countries asking me to. Mention their country name on the on the on the yeah. show, please. We could use some rain here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> South, Texas, South Texas could really use the help. South Texas, I might want to go Perfect. fishing in South Texas. So let's see what happens. And I just yeah. my phone just alerted. There's now a tropical storm warning from uh, from the Mexico border up through uh, through Galveston. Yeah. That's awesome. It's just a coincidence, merely a coincidence. Of course. of course it is. Of course it is. I was looking, and uh, let's see. So you got Hurricane Christina out there in the Pacific. I don't think we got anything in the. There's nothing in the Gulf, right? That little area of disturbance disappeared. Yeah. yeah, nothing right now. Although the the two the GFS and the Euro are both showing. Uh, Euro for the first time today, both showing the possibility of something off the Yucatan towards the middle of next week. But there's a lot of, you know, in the Caribbean, uh, there's a lot of shear there. So we'll see what happens. And I was just saying I was going to go fishing in the Yucatan. (laughs) Of course. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm looking at the current radar screen, and you guys got some showers to the north of you out over the Gulf. East Florida's been kicking it, right? Holy cow, there's some good stuff over there. But I'm happy to say that yeah, we're, uh, it's uh, it's just showery here. It's not a big deal. But, um, how was your week, good. man? Uh, I've had better weeks, had worse. I had plans yeah. of uh, fishing, last, fishing last weekend and then fishing the beginning of the week, but... Uh, Junior came down with some sort of a throat thing that was going on and running the temperature. Uh-huh. And by the time he felt better, we were into the uh, the westerly winds that have kind of kept us off the water for the last couple of days. So we're hoping that's going to change for the weekend. Yeah. 
I know when I was living in uh, Pensacola there, when I, we uh, I didn't care for this time of year there because that west when that westerly wind kicked up, you get those black biting flies out on the water and stuff. It was just terrible. I think they sent them from Texas. So, but uh, yeah, the west winds are just not they're not good on your side of of the of the peninsula there. But, no, it's got a long way to build up uh build up the ripples, so. Right. Hmm. But uh yeah, we're just in the middle of the stuff. Um my wife made it back from her uh great adventure with her girlfriends on their motorcycles, made it all the way up to Maine and back. So that's uh that's our other hobby. She seems to be a little bit more interested in it than I am, but <laughs> I would have been. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to walk after ten days <laughs> of riding. So. Yeah, I was having trouble walking, even reading about all the places she had gone. <laughs> she was up in your neck of the woods there for a yeah, couple of days. Yeah, Yep. And unfortunately, uh, the last uh, camping trip we went to, the uh, the travel rod uh, ferrule broke. I had to send it back to St. Oh. Croix. Yeah, so she didn't have her little travel rod, or she could have, especially while they were on the ferry ride across Lake Champlain there, that she could have done a little trolling out there, cast a few times or whatever. But, yeah, the travel rod is broke, so I had to send it back to St. Croix. But they have a pretty good maintenance program. They're going to take care of it, they said, no problem. Um, I finished a, a, a new seven foot six casting rod and i tried something different this time uh i used um i used metal oxide gold metal oxide uh guides on it but i okay. put the distance on the on the rod the same as you would a microwave set of guides okay just to see the difference you know and now i'm building a rod with microwave guides with the same uh with the same rod but just putting microwave guides on it this time we'll see what happens but I'll tell you the one that I built and I built it you know um we we had been doing tech talk earlier on and we kind of got sidetracked by the recent uh events closing out school years and all that stuff but uh when you when you build a rod or when I build them I build it based on what reel I'm going to put on the rod you know and there's some there's some calculations based on the diameter of the spinning reel that you're going to use or uh if you're going to make a spinning rod as far as how far that first guide uh is going to be from the from the spinning reel and i think i did a pretty good job man um uh it 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 will cast a country mile so awesome. yeah it's a it's a uh 1/8 to 5/8 ounce uh weight rod it's a it's a, a medium fast seven and a half footer and i put like about a nine inch uh cork butt on it i put about a three inch foregrip on it give a little extra because i like me some cork on my rods and uh but uh yeah it's it's pretty cool so i get that other one built hopefully before the fourth of july there have something to play with and test out in that trip. So, uh, 
But, uh, yeah, I was just seeing, you know, what if you just move it? Does it really have to be those kind of guides? And uh, it looks real good. I mean, you know, the, the principle behind the, air, the, the, the microwave guides, when you watch that video and you see it go into that first guide, you know, and how it gets, tames down that oscillation by the second guide, Right. I was having the clone, you know, cast it and stuff. I should make a little video and take a look at it, but it it really tames it down real quick. And then I use the same, uh, like a number five, all the way out to the tip. So just three different size guides on the rod, and I say it casts really nice. So but it's not a real flashy rod. It's just black, black wraps. But I did put the little gold rings on the. So, it's kind of cool. Awesome. You're still. Hey, I gotta go on mute. For, I gotta go on mute for a couple minutes. I will be back okay. in a couple. All right, no problem. Guests in the chat room, there you can sign on using most any face or uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media account, and you can participate in the chat room. There's not much going on there tonight, but anyways. Um, one subject I was thinking about talking about tonight was. Do you watch fishing on TV? If you do, what do you watch? If you're listening to the podcast or whatever, go out to uh, Facebook, to Kayak Fishing Radio Facebook page there, and put a comment on there. Question for tonight is, if you watch, do you watch fishing on TV? And if you do, what kind of fishing shows do you watch? I mean, do you watch saltwater? Do you watch freshwater? Do you watch them both? Do you watch the fishing show based on the the species of fish that they're catching? You know, like there's the bass-type shows. There's uh, shows for crappy fishermen. Um, there's shows for walleye and uh, muskie, the muskie hunter. I've seen that one on there. But I was just kind of thumbing through, you know, flipping through the channels, watching the, the different ones, you know. Do you like to watch the sport fishing stuff where they're doing tournaments? Do you like the shark hunter things? I don't know. Everybody likes a little fish porn, right? They like the little, um, you know, looking at pictures of fish that people have caught, you know, and the, you know, the obligatory, uh, uh, should I say, the, the, the pretty girl pictures with the, with the fish, you know, that kind of thing. But uh I was just I was just curious and I thought I'd bring that up this this evening as we talked here on Buzzard Row. Anyways, so we'll see what hap- what, what that's all about. Uh weather this weekend, guys, it's uh we got a bunch of fronts coming through. There's a big cold front coming through the middle of the country. It's probably gonna be here by this weekend. Probably gonna see some rain and storms along uh, the panhandle of Florida through the central, through the southeastern states and all. Right now we've got some, some weather moving all the way up the eastern seaboard. And uh, I guess if you're wanting to fish right now, uh, those folks out in California, Cali's looking pretty good. Uh, Midwest is not too bad up the Great Lakes region for now. They're kind of in the clear. But, boy, there's just, I mean, there's one high-pressure area over the central part of the United States, up around Nebraska, Dakotas, but uh, 
There's nothing but rain fronts. Oh, it's not looking good. Hurricane season has started. Make sure you get a plan. Keep an eye on the weather this time of year, too, when you're out on the boats, when you're out on the water. Uh, Safety is paramount, and uh, you want to make sure that uh, you're uh, you're paying attention out there. You don't want to get caught in a in a fresh as the breeze freshens up when you're in your kayak. That's not a good idea. Make sure you uh, wear your PFD and stuff. Those storms can just jump up real quick this time of year. Thunderstorms can push a lot of a uh, lot of wind in front of them, upset your boat, knock you over out there. Lightning is a big deal, and uh, maybe we talk about that a little bit too about lightning safety stuff. Um, but um, Mr. Becker will be back on here in just a second. Um, when you're looking for kayaks and stuff, I had a gentleman ask me about kayaks today and uh, fishing kayaks and all. Pay attention to your local retailers, the smaller stores. Those are the people with the know-how. You know, if you listen to Redfish Chuck's show on Monday night, you know, he's uh, uh, the outfitters there next to uh, Kayaks by Bo in, uh, on the Space Coast there in Titusville. Those guys know about kayaks and kayak fishing. And if you want to see what it's all about and you want to, you're looking to buy a kayak, go to your local shop, get in the boat, try it out, fish out of the boat. Panhandle, Florida, you got kayaks and uh, Pensacola. It's Pensacola Kayak and Sail, Panama City area. Brad Stevens, the Sun Jammer, his crew is awesome. Uh, all the little shops. If you're over in Texas, you've got the guys over there from uh, Austin Kayak. Go see your local shop. Any other local shops in the area? You know, check them out. Go see the boats. Um, and right now, I would kind of say if you're looking to get into fishing kayaks, kind of steer clear of the big box stores for right now, and uh, because. There's some things about fishing kayaks that you that you want to be aware of, you know, like stability. And I haven't seen too many of the big box stores right now that have uh, decent fishing kayaks. For what you go spend 400 bucks on a kayak, you may think that $800 is a lot, six 800 bucks is a lot, but you'd be a lot happier and you, you get a lot more use out of a boat that's a little bit more designed for the kayak fishing. So, anyways... That was uh, something that came up today. What do we got in the way of events coming up? Let's take a look at the calendar. Um, I want to say uh, happy birthday to Miss Ashley Ray. She's It's uh, her birthday today. And uh, on Saturday this weekend, the June uh, Panama City Kayak Fishing Association is going to have their uh, monthly outing. Uh, for June, uh, Doug Pomeroy and the guys will be uh, in Carl Gray Park in Panama City, Florida. If you're in the area, make sure you uh, check them out. Go see them. You're not going to meet a, a, a nicer bunch of folks, uh, but uh, when you get around kayak fishing folks, you know, so check them out. Um, 
Sunday's uh, birthday boy is uh, uh, Dennis Spike, uh, Mr. Kayak Fishing himself. Um, Let's see who else we got coming up here. Um, The 2014 Cars Park Redfish Challenge is Saturday, June 21st. Uh, check with Alan Ryan Cars Park if uh, you're interested in doing that. They got a great bunch of sponsors out there. Always a good time. Good bunch of folks. Are you back? Heard a click. I am. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just kind of going through the calendar. And did you see? Yeah, I guess it's been officially announced today that uh, the uh, the Boondoggle is going to be in Cars Park in October. Uh, I have not seen that. I was uh, I was thinking that there might be something coming out today, but I haven't seen it yet. So that's good to know. Yes, the uh, Columbus Day weekend. I'm sorry. I said I don't think it should be a huge surprise for anyone. No, uh, I think the rumors have been around, and um, so uh, Columbus Day weekend is October 10th through the 13th, uh, Merritt Island, Florida, Cars Park. And uh, they'll be open up registration soon at kayakfishingboondoggle.com. I don't think the website is up and running yet, but uh, that's where the registration will be taken care of. Let's see. Kayak fishing boondoggle. Let's see. com. And nope, not yet. The site is not active yet, but anyway, so the boondoggle is going to be at uh, Cars Park. Be a lot of fun. Uh, if you've not attended one, you want to check it out. And uh, so more to come on that, I am sure. Don't call the park, though, because uh, they want to do the registration through the new website. So boondoggle there. So you said you were listening. So did you hear? I was... I I was uh, on my mind this week, and there's not much on on my mind. There's not much in my mind, you know. I guess I was too open-minded as a youngster, and a lot of them fell out. A lot of my brains fell out. So, uh, but I was thinking about, you know, a lot of folks are doing videos now. You know, the 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 you know was the iPod generation. Now it's like the GoPro slash miniature camera you know, action camera type thing. And a good friend of ours, you know, uh, Rob Dvoriak-tastic videos, started off with doing little videos, and now the guy is, like, doing professional videos and uh, all of that. But if you watch, do you ever watch fishing on TV? I Greg? do. Um, yeah, you do? I do. Um, not really often. Uh, uh-huh. There's there are targets of opportunity. Uh, right. C. A. Richardson, a local guy here in the uh, the Tampa area, does a great show called uh, I can't remember. I want to say fishing the spots with Henry Washchuck. Um, right. But I can't remember the C. A. show at the moment, which is kind of embarrassing. So I'm sure I'll hear about that if you listen to the podcast. But, um, right. And he does a great job of showing uh, areas in the Tampa Bay. Uh, waters and, and areas surrounding. But one of the nice things he does is he does a really good job of uh, teaching and showing what type of presentations he's making, what type of lures 
you know, he's not just dragging big fish back and forth on the surface of the water for the camera, holding them up, grip and grin, toss them back in, and then uh, and then plug a sponsor. Although there's certainly, you know, recognition of the sponsors of the show, but he mm-hmm. does a really good job, in my opinion, of actually presenting um, the hows and wheres and, and whys. Um, back in, in my younger and more foolish days, when I had time to watch television, um, the Saturday and Sunday morning bass fishing shows all the way from, you know, Jimmy Houston, Roland Martin, uh, Hank Parker, and uh, Bill Vance. That uh, that fourplex used to take up a good part of my Saturday mornings uh, for a long time, especially in the in the month leading up to uh, you know when the water actually got soft again up in the Northeast. Right. Uh, used to work that quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, personally, I I would watch the shows if I can't go fishing, you know. <laughs> Or if it's just, you know, some of the shows come on later at night now that with the advent of cable TV. I think we're both old enough to remember the times when sometime close to midnight, you know, there used to be the uh the, the national anthem and then maybe uh and then and then nothing but static, you know. Uh, yeah. Right. So we end our broadcast day. Uh, you know. Not the advent of 24-hour TV, but uh, and now you know the World Fishing Network and sportsmen's channels and things like that. And and I'll flip through, you know, when I get it if I'm sitting down. But it, it only makes me want to go fishing when I'm seeing folks fishing on TV. But uh, and and it's like, did you watch the shows because you want to see bass, a certain species of fish caught? You know, like a there's like the fly fisherman, and there's a uh, musky hunter, and there's uh, Linder's fishing edge, and they're typically going after walleye and perch. Uh, yeah, the northern. Yeah. yeah. I I did watch a, a a run of the musky hunter the other night, and I thought they had some really cool um, measuring boards. The flip open, you know, because they get big giant muskies and stuff. But uh, and then I like the way you know when they come in, uh, when they're reeling in, and those boys they use some fishing rods that are like must be eight nine feet long, and then the butts on those rods are like uh, two feet long. But yeah, and they and they're using what looks like uh, an old mop head <laughs> for a jig, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And when they bring it up to the boat, they do those big figure eights. And and I, the one episode that I watch, I swear it was like that was when they were getting. I don't know why they ever threw the threw the uh, the lure away from the boat because they they usually they picked up all of the fish right next to the boat doing those final figure eight twists in the water before uh, they pulled the rod up for another cast. It was like, and I'm I mean I'm sure. I'm just trying to be uh, humorous there, but I'm sure that the fish follow the bait back to the boat. But that's something that, you know, I never thought about doing that with a with a bait. You know, if I saw a fish following a bait back in, it's usually like I usually stop reeling and see if they'll pick it up, you know, as it falls or something. Or, you, you know, you might see a trout or something try to grab it as it starts coming up to the top of the water, like it's going to jump out of the water that they might strike exactly. it. But I, Exactly. So how many times, you know, have you almost finished out a cast and accelerated your retrieve or changed your retrieve or changed your rod tip to pick up and make the next cast, and that change in the bait action is what triggers the strike? Right. 
Yeah. But I never I thought about it. Waiting and, it's, and it's five feet away from you. Right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the day, the times when I go out with a buggy whip, you know, and the water's clear and you're using like a dry fly and you're watching it or, you know, uh, a small dropper with uh, a little float on it, you know, and you can see the fly. You can see the fish coming up to take it. I don't know how many times I pulled the fly out of the fish's way as it was making a strike. But uh, let's say hey to Jim here. Hey, Jim, is it raining on the north side? You know, it was raining a little while ago. We got rain for about 45 minutes, and then it quit. It got sunny, and there looks like there's some rain coming behind it. We've had rain, a shower every afternoon, just like I was in Tampa. Mm -hmm. Just like you were in Tampa. So You know, an hour, the bottom falls out of it for 30 minutes to an hour, and then it goes away, and the sun comes out, and then it's, um, incredibly, incredibly humid and hot, which mm-hmm. makes all my plants happy. Getting the rain it makes me happy. Right. I don't have to water them, but um, it's keeping the water kind of muddy, you know. Yeah, yeah. All the ponds down here are real muddy too. But so you've been listening for a few minutes. Do you do you watch fishing on TV, man? Or are you one of those people that don't watch TV? I know some people don't you watch. Know, TV. when I. Yeah, when I had cable TV, after I got uh-huh. thoroughly aggravated with the cable TV industry, <laughs> right. um, you know, before we lost Jose Webby, my wife actually liked to watch Jose Spanish Fly more than I did. I'm not going to go there, but, you know, something you just have to accept. He's yeah. a good-looking man. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, tragic loss. Um, so we would watch Spanish Fly on Friday nights. Um mm-hmm. When Flip Pallet had his show, Walker K's Chronicle. Right. That was a good show. I like um, Flip, too. Yeah. Um, some of Bill Dance's saltwater stuff was interesting. For me, when we had cable TV and I could watch shows, it was if it was Thunder and Lightning and I couldn't go fishing, I would watch it, or then I would try to catch a rerun, you know, because Saturday morning was the big time, right? And then yeah. there was always reruns. Saturday evening at midnight or Sunday afternoon at four, I would catch a non-fishing time. Um, so, a lot of the shows um, have gotten pretty predictable when you talk about the bass fishing shows. You know, they're in a boat that's going 80 miles an hour and it's all tricked out, and they've got 100 rods out, and they're throwing everything, and they're talking as fast as they're reeling, and you know, it's kind of the same thing over and over again, which is a little boring. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't fish in the upper Midwest, so I don't really watch lenders. I watch them a couple times, but most of the stuff they're doing I don't really watch. Um, right. I do Bill Dance. I don't think Bill is doing his um, saltwater show anymore. If I have a chance, I don't mind watching Bill because he usually puts a little education into his show. You know, he goes over structure, lures. You know, Shaw Bill's the man with the Tennessee show, hat, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then um, Shaw has turned into just one long advertisement for his sponsors, which I appreciate the need for sponsors, but I can't take that. And um, there used to be a guy, God, what was his name? He had a fly fishing show, but he was strictly Pacific Northwest and Alaska, and he didn't. He wasn't, you know, a god-awful sponsor-plug person. He would just say, hey, you know, to keep the show on, please go to our sponsor's websites, look at their stuff, 
buy something from comment about the show, he would take a, a little 30-second intermission in the show and say that. So that was kind of a nice change. Um, right. Seasons on the Fly, that was a good show. Yes, but, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, having fish in the Pacific Northwest and Alaska, um, I can only watch that so much, and then I just sit there and shake my head because, you know, Alaska, fishing in Alaska is like fishing in Louisiana. It is not reality. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, it's yeah. not. I mean, you go to you go to Louisiana, and you fish, or you go to Alaska and you fish. You are ruined for the rest of your life. You just right. it, it's it's so many fish, and they're so god awful stupid, and they're big and stupid, and my favorite kind. You know, my favorite two uh-huh. kinds of fish in one: stupid and big. And um, so I try not to watch too much about Alaska because you know Zonka, Zonka had a pretty good show fishing yeah. in Alaska and hunting in Alaska. Um, My favorite one was the one so, where they, the boat was sinking and they had to get rescued. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a hot mess. Um, I'm trying to think. There's really, there's the new Fly Fisherman TV I've seen a couple of times, but right. Um, I haven't, you know, I don't really would. Now that we acquired our second adopted greyhound, I don't I get really stuff have to do. Time. Yeah, I got time. No go, oh no time. God. You'll be chasing yeah, those fast dogs. She, What'd you say, Greg? Fast. She's old, and she's... Yeah. No, I just said, God bless TiVo. Cause yeah. I said the, you know, yeah, I pick, exactly. uh, pick CA show. It doesn't matter when it's on. Flat class. Right. Uh, Flat class. Oh, great show. That's yep. CA. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. like I said, CA is the same type as the original, the older Bill Dance shows. You know, Bill was always yep. fishing the, his buddy's stock pond that had nothing but eight-pound fish, and he would drag them back and forth on the surface five or six times to try and let them jump around a little bit. But there was always an educational component thrown in there. And that's right. the thing I said before I really like about CA, uh, both in person in his seminars and on the show. Uh, he's really about helping you catch the fish, not just showing him catching fish, which is not uh-huh. I will tell you that CA shows, they're on Hell's Bay's website for those of us who don't have broadcast, you know, every channel under the sun. And also, a lot of CA shows are on YouTube. So uh-huh. I do enjoy Flats Class, and I have learned some stuff off his show. Um, I think he has probably one of the better shows on TV. Um, the, the young men down in the Key Saltwater Experience, they have their shows on YouTube. Um they're not quite as educational as CAs, but they put on a pretty decent show as far as fishing the flats and the keys. Because, you know, the keys are a hard place to fish, in my opinion. Well, there's been a lot of people fishing down there, so it's kind of like fishing a pressured pond almost. And then there's so much space out there that, you know, it's it's pretty difficult. you got to know, you got to have a good idea. And those guides down there, they follow fish. You know, it's kind of like, D. Kaminsky, you know, she's got notebooks of where the fish are, you know, she's out on the water so much. Um, yeah, if I was going to go down to the Keys, I always recommend folks, you know, if it's the first time they're down there, if they're not sure what they're doing, to definitely go find a guide down there because it's tough fishing. But when you're watching the show, I mean, so like with CA show, with Fishing the Flats, I mean, or Flats Fishing, is it Fishing the Flats or Flats Fishing? Fishing the Flats Flat is that's, class. That's, that's Henry's, yeah. Flats yep. class. Yeah, Fishing the Flats is Henry Wastruck, yep. Yeah. And uh yep. Billy. But uh mm-hmm. so so 
when you when you're watching the show, is that what you're looking for? You're looking for the guys to show you, you know, how it's, how they're fishing and stuff. Because I mean, this is a, there's a whole gamut of them, you know. I mean, I've seen shows from the uh, Palm Beach, you know, international sailfish tournaments and uh, the shark hunters, uh, and they're out there, you know, the tournament type shows where they're going out and fishing. There's there's one on now which is uh, they're uh, like military guys, you know, and they they have their the Mar- the Marines versus the Navy or the Navy versus the Army, Army Air Force, whatever. So, but they're and, and so far, I think I've only seen them fishing freshwater impoundments, you know, like bass fishing and stuff. But is it? I, I mean, do you ever watch the shows, like the competition type shows? Uh, I, I have to say I do watch sometimes the shark hunter shows because they do catch some freaking huge sharks. Um, <laughs> and it's always fun to kind of watch them because they get extra points if they get the hook out. So it's always kind right. of fun to watch them try to figure that out when they've got a got a big old eight-foot shark on the hook, you know, and trying to get the hook out of the thing. But um, is that is that what you're, 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 you get enjoyment out of just by seeing and, and learning the techniques? Because... I mean, that was one thing. I mean, I like uh, Spanish Fly, Jose Wehebe. That was a good show. I mean, and the guy really loved to be on the water. I mean, he, he just really enjoyed the water. And he would he would sit and talk to you about the ecology of the fishery, you know, and, and what it's about, that kind of thing. Sometimes I think he got a little bit dramatic, but at the same time, you know, he was interested in the ecology of the thing. There's other guys that, you know, that it's just, let's go out and see if we can rack up as many fish as we can kind of, kind of show. Right. Um, um, I, 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 um, I did like watching the, uh, was it the Florida Fishing Report? And, mm-hmm. you know, where they went around the state, that kind of, it's it's usually it used to be on Thursday nights with uh, what's his name Rick uh, Rick. Uh, yep, it's still on. Oh yeah, yeah. Captain Rick, and I can't remember his last name. Got a little scruffy mustache. Like Seems to be a good guy. Yeah. Yep. But uh, Murphy Rick is it Rick Murphy? Rick, Rick Murphy, yeah. And, uh, and you know, and, uh, I enjoy his. And that show, you know, when they're talking to the different, you know, they get the fishing reports, the Florida fishing report. Uh, that's interesting because you get in some, you know, actual reports from guys on the water and stuff. And they have the one segment, you know, where they talk about different things, you know, that are on the market, you know, and they get the one guy that stands behind the counter. Oh yeah, look at this, and this is a, this is a big stick bait, and this, that kind of thing. So that, that's kind that's of interesting. They get the close up of Rick wiggling the bait. So yeah, like yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's always good too. That's always good too. I tell you, um, <laughs> you know, the, the one thing I think is real important for me, not living by the coast like some people, Mr. Becker, um, and the reason I like CA's show and some of the some of the more educational shows, um, I like when CA and his show says, "I'm using this bait and this weight jig head." and these colors for this time of year and this water clarity. He's very specific because what I do a lot of times, um, when I go to a place I haven't been to in a while, um, it's been a while since I've been anywhere around Venice or Chukalowski, um, I'll look at his show 
one, I know, you know, when I get to my destination, if I want to pick up some soft plastics, if I am carrying conventional tackle. But another thing I do, too, is um, I will match. I will look at what he's using conventional-wise, and you know, I'll look through my, my stack of flies. If I don't have something that would produce a similar action and color and sync rate, then I'll get on the vice and I'll tie some stuff. I'll remember uh, one time CA he did a show and he was using a tube and he said in the winter, clear water, this tube represents a type of aquatic worm that the redfish feed on. And it's not the exact shape, but it's close enough in the close enough color. Well, the color was a little different than what Tim Borsky has on his bristle worm. He has a bristle worm, which is it's a pretty straightforward fly. But the color was a little bit darker, um, more of an olive root beer, and Tim's more of a tan. A lot of stuff that Tim ties in the keys is tan. Um, if I don't watch a show like that um, or go online, usually I try to find his shows on YouTube since I don't have broadcast cable. But that mm -hmm. kind of gives me a jump start on an area that I haven't been into a long time, and I'm going in a season I'm not familiar with. I can look at what – if you get a good show who's actually going, you know, I'm using, you know, either a paddle tail – grub or a curl tail grub or I'm using this tube bait even though it's a freshwater bait but there's aquatic worms things of that nature it narrows down and helps me with my fly selection and like I said if I don't have that particular um, bait I can sit down and tie you know tie six or seven before I go on my trip and get a better close-up match in the hatch because with flies it's Unless you want to cheat and put some procure on them, which a lot of guys do, you just you know you don't qualify for a world record when you do that. But it's because it's so visual, you got to do a little bit better job at getting closer to the forage. Um, a good example is in the winter, whether you're in South Florida or Southeast Georgia in the winter, the shrimp's gone. Um, you know the fish are feeding on glass minnows. Well, if you tie a clouser on a size eight that's maybe an inch long with tan tan belly and a gray back and a little bit of pearl crystal flash and a little tiny black um, lead eye. It looks a lot like a glass minnow, and it's very effective. But, you know, if you don't know they're feeding on glass minnows, that's not a fly you would tie in that size and those color combinations as a regular um, as a regular tie. You know, it's more mm -hmm. chartreuse and white, so chartreuse, pink over chartreuse, black, black and purple, tan, um, root beer, brown. So I find that really helpful, and that's really the kind of shows I'm looking for. I'm, you know, tournaments, you know. Um, yeah, I just, big fish, yeah. Too many people, too loud. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I turned 50 this year, and I decided I don't even like people, you know. You don't like people? <laughs> so. No, yeah. I don't like people. I don't like people enough to have 500 in, you know, boats screaming by and all that kind of mess. I, nah, no, I can do without that. That's like being on Georgia 400 in rush hour or 285 on rush hour, right? It's kind of like the uh, those uh, the, that's the uh, the tarpon tournament show. That's two. That's 285 in Atlanta, right there. I mean, that is just. I, I'll if I see that on as I'm flipping through the channels. I'll stop there for a second just to go, good God, how, how crazy is that to be fighting a big giant fish and be in all those boats like that out there? And I know that's what it looks like. I've been out there to the pass and uh, at Boca Grande, 
And that's just crazy. I mean, I, I can't imagine going out there and doing that. And I would be really... I don't know. It's just nuts. Yeah. You I don't know. know how more people don't die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the surfing do, and that's one of the things that bugs me. But just bringing it back yeah. to Jason one second, and just tying on to what you said, that's really the reason that I enjoy watching that show. And that's one of the reasons that I, I used to enjoy... Um, Bill Dance, and to a degree Hank Parker uh, a lot more back in the day rather than just catching big fish and kissing them and laughing and letting them go, was they, they told you what they were doing, but they told you why. And I, I watch those shows for the whys uh, as much as I watch them for the whats. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I understand the why behind what they're doing, I can apply that, that same what to other situations where I find the same why, if that made any kind of sense at all. You know, oh, if yeah. I find the same, or I'm finding the same mm-hmm. type of bottom structure, or I'm finding the same type of environmental conditions, you know, I'll say, okay, well, you know, in this, he did that, let me try that. And again, you know, I am a noob to, to the saltwater environment down here, so I spent a lot of time uh, looking at, especially CA's programs, uh, Summer Henry Washchuck stuff, um, some of the uh, some of the guys doing the stuff down in the Keys, but really paying attention to, you know, when they talked about why they were doing, why they were fishing the way they did, be it why they're, you know, why we're fishing here instead of fishing over there, why we're fishing on the bottom slow instead of fishing up in the middle of the water column, why we're throwing dark instead of light, why we're, and, and putting all those whys together um, really makes a difference. And I, when I was um, guiding and teaching, uh, you know, basic uh, fly fishing up in the Northeast back in my younger and more foolish days, I really tried to pattern the type of teaching I did uh, based on that because it's really easy to say, you know, okay, well, the first week in July uh, you're going to be uh, you're going to be dealing with sulfurs, so so throw number 14 sulfurs and number 16 sulfurs. Well, that's great, but if they don't understand the why and, and what, you're, what you're trying to do and what you're trying to match and what's behind it, all you've given them, you know, you've given a hammer, you've given them a hammer, you've given them a tool, but you haven't taught them how to swing it and how to hit the nail. So um, that's really important to me, and I, you know, I don't mean to turn this into the C.A. Richardson fan club, but of the shows I watch down here on a regular basis, and like I said, TiVo is my friend. I, don't, uh, I try not to spend... Uh, any time in front of the television, but when I do have some time, um, I know that the last couple of weeks of flats class and maybe fishing the flats with Henry and, and one or two other fishing shows are going to be available on the DVR, uh, and Robert and I will sit down and watch one, say, okay, and, and, and when, when it's done, we really do. We'll go back and say, okay, how does that apply to the areas that we fish or the times that we fish or the type of water we fish? Um, yeah, and there have been times out on the water where uh, I think in one in particular uh, where, you know, Robert said to me, hey, you know, this is similar to that, that show, let's try this. And sure enough, we were able to turn, uh, you know, turn the day around a little bit. So that's what I find uh, of value, and that's what I take away from those types of shows is the why as much as the what. Um. There's another show that you can pick up on YouTube, and also there's a channel for it on Roku. It's um, Addictive Fishing. Yes, absolutely. Does, no, he does a pretty decent job. That's the Mogan man there, yep. man. 
that is Mogan Man, Mogan. he actually does a pretty good job about giving you some, you know, he likes to catch big fish, but he also um, does a pretty good job about we're fishing here, this kind of water, these kind of baits, using this kind of rod, which I can do without the rod stuff, but he does a, he does put some information out there, type of baits, you know, how he's working the bait, depth and stuff like that. He's not as good as CA, but he is pretty good about that, and his stuff is available on YouTube too, his shows, so you can watch some of his past shows also. And Blair is a pretty uh, pretty proven tournament fisherman too, especially when it comes to the Redfish series. Yeah. So, yeah, the you know, IFA. Kind of, uh, yep. You know he's got a little bit of uh, lead behind what he's done. Right. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I. Plus, he did well, which I like. Yeah. Did you um? You might not have seen this. He put a talon on his flats boat, and my buddy who's got his new bay boat has a talon on it. And he hit that talon the first time, and he almost went nose first, you know, feeding the air nose first into his um, the little center console on his flats boat. Because when that thing stopped, I mean, it stopped, and he was almost upside down. He barely recovered. He was fighting the fish off the, at the time coming off the uh, polling platform. <laughs> Push pull between his legs, hit the talon, it caught, and when it caught, it stopped him immediately. And you know, he's going head over heels, but he recovered, and um. That was pretty funny, really, to watch it. I'm glad he didn't hurt himself, but it was pretty funny. He didn't lose the fish either, so that took a little skill. I tell you, the, as far as the funniest fisherman, it's got to be Bill Dance and his blooper reels. Those oh are some God. of the, oh. those are God, some of the so funniest, some of the funniest fishing moments that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and you know, if it hadn't been for Bill Dance, I would never have caught on to the overcast topwater connection. You know, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, well, do, that do you was, remember back in the day when he was really pushing the when he had the color selector out? Color oh yeah, selector, the selector. Every show. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I, I, I got me a color selector because Bill Dance said I needed one. Right. But I'll mm-hmm. be darned if that did not change the way I bass fished in the Hudson River. Um, and that's that's when I had just started fishing um, the Redman uh, series up there. Oh. And um, that that made me some money back in the day, and it changed the way I fished uh, fished a lot of that structure in the main river, and then uh, especially back in some of the creeks. So right, but, and then you had the combo selector, which had the temperature and everything else built in too. So wow! I don't think I still have it, but yep, it was high speed, low drag. Definitely. I tell you another thing, Bill. Bill put out on one of his shows that helped me is in the winter when the water is really cold going to natural pork rind on your trailers oh yeah of plastic trailers because the yep. natural pork just like bucktail on a deceiver the natural pork says says so much more supple in cold water just like right. deer hair or any other natural and then um you know you can use your plastics in the summer when the water is warm but i can tell you i've caught many a bass on a really small eighth ounce and i got this from bill too throwing jigs little eighth ounce jig and pig on a spinning rod um little eighth ounce jig blue and black with a little blue and black mini chunk pork trailer in right. the dead of winter when it's been cold i have caught many bass on either blue and black or you know a black and tan with a black trailer moving it yep. really slow a really small jig on a spinning rod you know eight pound test line something medium six foot six and a half foot medium um yeah you know, many, many a cold day 
Yeah, I had never Definitely. thought about using natural pork over plastic because it's kind of a pain to you know it's kind of a pain in the butt to store. Right. And uh, there's a there's a show that I saw that I thought it it would get it would be kind of interesting. Um, what's it called? Hook and Look or something like. But it's a show that these guys will go out onto a pond or a lake, and they use their bottom machine. And they'll show what the structure looks like on the bottom machine. And then these guys will put on their scuba gear and go down under the water and show what it looks like for real with, with cameras and stuff. What a great it's, idea. It's called Hook and Look. Well, it, it sounds like a great idea, but I, I, I've watched it a couple of times. And I don't know. I guess it's kind of interesting. I mean, we we did that in, in Pensacola. You know, we would go and, you know, we, we would troll back and forth along the beach looking for spots, you know, because, I mean, in the Gulf of Mexico, it, if there's if there's a rock on the bottom, there'll be fish holding on it because it's just like a beach 60 miles out, you know, and any kind of structure in the Gulf will, will draw fish. So if we're trolling for kings or Spanish or whatever or looking for uh, cobia along the beach, we always had the bottom machine up, you know, and if, if you ever saw something... This is just a flat line going across, and then all of a sudden you see a little bump, and it's like, oh, hit mark. And then you go back later and check it out. And if you caught fish on it, then we, the next time we'd go out, we'd throw a couple of tanks in the boat, and we'd dive down and see what it looks like, you know, so that we could tell. And you could really get good then because <laughs> you would know where the good points are, where how the fish held on it and stuff like that based on different weather conditions, you know, so you really could, could know, and you could build up a real nice uh, book of numbers there and how to fish different uh, spots. But, uh, yeah, I saw that. I thought that would be interesting. Um, and there was another one. Um, one that's kind of fun is there's a there's an Australian one or New Zealand one, and then there's a an American one. I, I guess it's uh, they're they're based on the premise of, Somebody says, hey, my buddy, you know, he's a real deserving guy. He needs to go fishing, and uh, they'll go surprise the guy and then take him fishing. And the Australian guy, he does that, but then he, he ties on an extra thing. He's sponsored by Daiwa, and they're big time over in Australia. And he says, okay, if you catch five different, you know, legal size species of, you know, these different species fish, then they get like $10,000 worth of Daiwa gear and that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of interesting to watch. And another one I thought was kind of interesting was the guy, um, what was it called? Do you want to go fishing or something like that, where he would just go walking around and ask people. I follow the guy on Facebook, too. I haven't heard much from him. I've seen him. He fished Alaska a lot, too. But uh, he was always walking through a mall or, you know, a restaurant or something. He'd come and he goes, hey, if I tell you right now, you got five minutes. I'm going to take you fishing in Panama, you know, would you go? And I always thought that was kind of interesting because that was kind of, those kind of shows are kind of neat because that's one of the things I enjoy about fishing is going fishing with people or taking people fishing that have not done fishing, you know, and trying to show them a good time about fishing. So I thought those were kind of interesting. But what's that? I can't remember the name of that one. I thought that one was fun. Um, You you had the name right. Do you want to go? Is that oh is that what it was? Yeah, do you want to go fish? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to go? No. That was always. I don't fun. even think they had fish out then. Yeah, the guy was a kind of young, thinner guy with dark hair. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, that was a good. That was an interesting show. You know, watching, watching the look on people's face like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> yeah, that was always. Yeah, it's called "Want to Go Fishing," and it's Matt uh, something. What was his name? Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, on the Facebook page. It still says it's got him going on there, but um, who's it? Matt Eastman was the guy that ran that one. And it was on, uh, Cabela sponsored that one. So that one was kind of fun. Yep. But, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, I was just kind of, I was just kind of wondering, you know, why people watched uh, what they watched. I mean, as far as, like, YouTube videos and stuff like that, people putting stuff on, I mean, I know, like, our buddy uh, Greg Crisp, he used to do some workshop videos for Yak Angler and, Yak anglers tried doing some different videos and workshop videos and stuff like that. I mean, I, I just don't. Um, I mean, I do radio because I have the face for it. You know, it takes a special kind of person <laughs> to want to do radio. But the videos and stuff, I'm not interested in doing videos. But I just thought, why? What makes people watch them? You know, why do you watch the different things and stuff? And it's like, it's kind of interesting. You know, I mean, I guess. I found a couple of shows that I watched, like those muskie hunters. Those are just some really nasty, big, giant fish up there. I've never caught a muskie. I've caught some pike. I guess it's just a big, giant pike on steroids or whatever. But um, those are some big, big fish. Huh? Lots of steroids. You're from up in that area, right? So you've caught those big, giant things. They got teeth, too, right? I've never caught um, full-size muskonge. What I have caught um, from a canoe, and I did not realize they were in there until we got into them, was tiger muskie. Tiger um, muskie. And yeah, they're they're kind of like a cross between a, a pike and a full-size muskonge, but with an extra dose of mean. Oh. Um, they, they are very very aggressive, and uh, I found out I was on a a canoe trip. A buddy of mine and I just threw a canoe in up at the you know one end of the Rondout Creek in uh, in New York in Ulster County, and uh, we knew we were going to come to the Hudson River sooner or later. We forgot that there was a two there were two different falls between us in there, so we had to do some portaging. But on a big open slow section, uh, I hooked up on about a, a ten inch twelve inch perch. I was just you know pulling it in to get it off the hook and get back out looking for uh, some of the bass that were in there. And uh, something came in and just right next to the boat and just tore uh, the fish in half. And then Mark and I looked at each other like, you know, what the hell was that? <laughs> uh, and, and it caught another, uh, intentionally caught a couple small perch, um, you know, hooked, up, uh, hooked them up with some bigger hooks and said, okay, game on, and hooked up on uh, the biggest one I caught was 33 inches. Um, and that was a battle uh, on a lightweight spinning rod. That was a, that was a serious battle. Um, if, if he hadn't been able to paddle around, you know, basically follow the fish, um, I think I'd still be there fighting that fish, and that was probably 15 years ago. Huh. But uh, they're, they're a really aggressive, fun fish to catch. Um, I tried to catch them on the fly rod. I hooked one up on the fly rod, but did not land it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I would go go swimming in in lakes that people say there were musky in. I, I just think that would I, I would be worried about those fish more than I would uh, 
sharks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that was kind of fun. I mean, like I said, I just was flipping through and just wondering, because, you know, there are so many different, not, not just talking about fishing shows, but there are just so many shows on TV now that you just wonder, really? I mean, these people have TV shows? What? Yeah, I know, right? I mean, like the, what was the one I saw about some taxidermists? And not like, not like big time people that do stuff for, you know, big game hunters coming, you know, that have money to go to Africa and shoot big game or... Uh, big-time, you know, trophy fishermen and stuff. No, these were people that were, like, stuffing their, uh, the lady who came in with her pet cat and, or, it was a show, I swear. It was on TV, and it was on one of those cable TV <laughs> channels. And they yeah, were I'm, different channels up there in Georgia, brother. I'm not <laughs> sure which one. Yeah. Chip, um, yeah. that's, that's why my wife and I don't have broadcast cable anymore. For that just, very reason, there's I was just like, really? 280 channels a, of trash. This is a TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, so. I will tell you that the the fishing selection of shows or the fishing show selection in the state of Florida vastly outnumbers the fishing show selection in Atlanta, Georgia. Even if you have World Fishing Network, because right. you know there's just you know there's ten times stuff. the content. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get. Interesting. Unfortunately. Well, it's been fun, and I mean, like I said, it was just one of those things that, in my brain. I was just trying to put it together and say, why? Why do we watch this kind of stuff? What? What is it that we watch it for? And so that was fun. Discussion was fun. But we're around to the top of the hour now. So, uh, what's the schedule for the weekend? Are we fishing this weekend, Mr. Becker? It's going to depend on uh, on what the weather and the wind do. Um, right. You know, I think uh, Junior has recovered from uh, whatever his uh, plague malady slash whatever it was, and uh, I was asked today what I wanted to do for Father's Day, so I think that uh, that will be on the list. That's right. It is Pop's Day this weekend, so I think on Father's oh, Day I'm driving Junior up to his... Uh, little leadership course for the week so uh, how about yeah, you Jim for the new, uh, oh go ahead I'm sorry um, that's okay I've got one of the new uh, the new Bull Bay Tactical Series rods uh, uh, super super lightweight rods that I have not uh, I have not even put a reel on yet uh-huh. but uh, I need to get that out and, uh, and exercise that a little bit so I'm looking forward to it and uh, the tarpon are supposed to be here um, they're, they've been catching them off the beach down, down in Sarasota. I haven't heard of anybody doing much off Indian Rocks Beach, which is kind of surprising, considering what a hot spot that's been the last couple of years when I couldn't fish. Um, but uh, I'm thinking sometime in the next two weeks or so, I'll, I'll be giving uh, our friend Rusty Driver a call and seeing if I can, uh, I can at least pedal along behind him and watch the master at work uh, out for some, right. out for some big. Yeah. So, All right. Off. You're done? I'm done. Okay. Um, Jim, how about you, man? Fishing this weekend? What's your next trip? Um, I'm still awaiting the arrival of my new boat, which I'm very much looking forward to right now. As you know, I am boatless. 
a very mm-hmm. sad, sad state of affairs. Oh, um, my goodness. I know. I've got racks in the garage, and all I have is my wife's kayak on that rack. That's just a sad, sad thing to look at. Um, Moment of silence. If I get my heavy lifting done on Saturday, I might get to sneak out Sunday afternoon to the pond for the grass carp. We've got two, two and a half foot long grass carp, and now that it's warmed up, they're right on the bank. So I've tied some grass flies, and hopefully when the doggies are asleep Sunday afternoon, I can go down there and um, um, see if I can fool one of those grass carp, which are extremely difficult to approach and catch, more so than mm-hmm. common carp, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, if I don't get my heavy lifting done on Saturday, I'll be doing some of my heavy lifting on Sunday because I have two pallets of sod coming in Monday to go in my front yard. Wow. I know you're all jealous. I know you're jealous. That's how it works. Yeah. You know? Um, you, when you yeah. put it in there, then you got to put it there, and then you got to water it, and then you're going to have to mow it. Oh, my gosh, man. Wouldn't yeah. a couple of truckloads of yeah. rocks been better? Hey, gravel. <laughs> River gravel. <laughs> there you go. Um, some gravel. To be honest, you know, we put nine pallets of rock on one end of our house because we're on such a hill, right. and it's held up really well. And I put, and I put four pallets of rock on the other end myself, which I'll never do again. Um, I don't think turning the entire front yard into a gravel bed would pass the HOA. Oh, I just well. don't think they'd approve of that. Concrete you know, spray so, painted uh, green, man. <laughs> no, no. So we're going. I'm going in with shade tolerant zoysia, like I did in the back. So I know you're jealous. Know. All right. Well, have, Anyone who have wants fun. To come, with you know, that. feel free. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm All jealous, right. So I'll get over it. You'll get over it. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been fun, and uh, we'll do it again. Kick it off on the week, the front of the week there with uh, Redfish Chuck, and uh, on Wednesday night with. Uh, the uh, the master of uh, Sweetwater, um, Mr. Uh, Landing Crew Wheeler. So I don't know what Tuesday night's been doing. I'm sorry I haven't been keeping up with those guys over in Texas, but I think uh, I think uh, they're still working it. So we'll we'll do it again next week. And uh, until then, take a kid fishing and uh, tight lines, everybody. Good night, y'all. Good night, Chip. Night, Chip. Good night, Mr. Becker. Good night, John Boy.